0: From the Draco Vista Studios in Phoenix, Arizona. Unlocking secrets of writing. Conversing with masters of the craft. And just having a lot of fun. It's the Dragon Page, cover to cover. Hey, welcome everyone to another voicemail a palooza dragon page cover to cover <laughs> i'm michael armen and gay
1: and i'm michael
0: stackpole and we are here working without a net that's
2: right this is very
0: important that is absolutely right we've been promising you and promising you and promising you but it's time to actually clear out the voicemail file you guys have been great about sending stuff in um, I did I did get rid of a bunch of stuff that is uh, not quite relevant anymore yeah, but we had to but, clean
1: it out because it was leaking ones and zeros all over the place. Absolutely and uh, those
0: are hard to clean up out they, of the carpet. Oh man, they yeah, really are they so. Are, yeah. So, let's just get to it, dive right in cuz I got a ton of them.
3: Hi guys, Web Genie here. Here's a question about the publishing process. I'm currently reading Jasper Kent's awesome book 12. This book came to me as an advanced reader copy provided by the publisher. The book has been selling in the UK for over a year, and doing very well, I might note. The book is set in Russia in 1812. I don't want to start to review the book, because I want to save my gushing for a more appropriate moment. However, what has puzzled me about the arc is the topography. To be more specific, throughout the novel, clues are provided and it took me quite a while to work out that they were supposed to be in Cyrillic because what I would see, for example, would be the letter H, which would later be referenced as 11. This is confusing. Now this is in a book which has been out in the UK for over a year and I'm pretty sure that the publishers there wouldn't actually let the book out without correcting these sorts of problems. So how come the North American version of the book has this issue? Doesn't the North American publisher get the benefit of the typographical work done previously, or is there some rule about each region having to start from scratch again? Just to be clear, I know I'm reading an ARC, and I'm sure everything is okay in the final version. Talk to you later.
1: Hmm. You know, that is one of the most brilliant questions I've ever heard. And it goes down to the mysteries of publishing.
0: Yeah. Um, you
1: never know. How um, did that happen? When I, it's really funny. I, I've gotten, um, uh, sometimes publishers will send you the copy edit sheet that mm-hmm. goes with your copy edited manuscript and there will be in the, the instructions to the copy editor. And one of the instructions I remember is to, uh, uh, if it's going, if it's a British book, You know, Coming to America, they will say, Americanize everything. So tires get spelled with an I instead of a Y Mm -hmm. and and that sort of stuff. So what I'm going to guess is that because of whatever contracts that the publisher has with typesetters and those sorts of things, it needed to be a retranslation or a resetting of the type Mm -hmm. needed to be done here, and that may have contributed to those problems. The other thing that may have happened, which I suspect is more to the case, is that they got the file and the when they printed out the arc, uh, the publisher did not have the Cyrillic font installed, right? So it did a substitution with something
0: else, right?
1: So it's it's as simple as that. Just I technical think incompetence. A, yeah. I,
0: I was that's where I was going to go, and you nailed it. I'm I'm sure yeah. of that.
4: Hey, Dragon Page Crew, this is Trampus. Um Well, I have been um, doing a little investigation on e-readers lately, kind of looking around, and I kind of decided a few things. You know, first of all, sure, the uh, iPad would be great, but it's a little out of my price range at the moment, so I think that's going to have to wait. Um, I was kind of looking between the uh, Nook and the Kindle, and uh, I'm finding they're comparable on different things. I finally got a chance to... Um, go see them in person tonight and uh, I don't know, something about the Kindle um, the way it looks and not having a touch screen just kind of puts me off and it's hard to explain Um, and then I've heard the Nook the basic Nook at least has um, kind of a tough user interface Um, however, I've got this Android phone, I've actually joined the 21st century and have Mm -hmm. an Android phone now And so I downloaded some apps on it and I tried out the Kindle app and boy, I find that it was a pleasant reading experience. I know it's a smaller screen and you don't get as much per screen. But for me, that actually worked out because I felt like I was accomplishing something.
0: Mm -hmm, And that's where I'm at. That's why I can can power through stuff on e-format a hell of a lot better than I can in a book. Um, just because it's, it's when you're, it's weird when you, when you break it down into those little bite sized chunks. It's like, yep. you're, you're reading along. And it's like, oh, read a screen and read a screen and read a screen. It's like, oh, I don't got time for any. Well, I can read one more. Oh, I can read go. one yep. more and one more. And all of a sudden you're like about 12 more pages in. And if you were looking at a book, it just looks so daunting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I think that the, uh, the apps for smartphones, are brilliant, and if I was looking for an e-reader right now, I think the watchword going forward is I would is color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd make sure that I had a color screen. So whether it's a smartphone, the color Nook, or or the iPad, uh, that's what I would do, yep. or any of the other tablets.
3: Hi, uh, my name is Blair. I'm a relatively new listener to Cover to Cover.
5: Oh, welcome.
3: Um, but I think I had actually two questions. One was about um, owning your um your own ISBN number, and secondly, about age um, for a first-time author. I wouldn't think there were any hard and fast rules about that, but I'm just wondering what, you can, what light you can shed on some of us who are a little bit over 30, probably a little bit over 40. Um, <laughs> so if you could go down that road for me, I would appreciate it. Thank you.
0: No, well, I think there's the, 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 there's a lot of authors that have started way late in life. Heck, there's a, I mean, yeah. it's not a, that's a non-issue. I mean, there are there are writers that have started at fifty and sixty. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah, they're yeah. done with their careers and it's like, okay, I think I'm going to write a book now. Yeah, that's complete complete non-issue
1: um R W bowker uh and you can find them on the web uh, R W bowker is the agency that issues ISBN numbers mm-hmm. um ISBN numbers uh you have to buy them in lots of 10 and a lot of 10 they'll cost you 25 bucks a piece mm-hmm. um to publish digitally you do not need ISBN numbers you can go ahead Barnes and Noble will do books without ISBN numbers uh, uh, uh Amazon will do books without ISBN numbers they give them their own tracking numbers So you don't have to have an ISBN number, right? Um, But like I say, ISBN numbers will cost you twenty-five bucks a piece in a set of ten.
0: So it's two hundred fifty dollars layout for you to uh, to buy them. I don't know if it's still the same anymore, but actually, the more the more important part is the US uh, the UPC. Is getting your barcode. Well, yeah, the but, barcode is actually harder to do and harder to get. Right, but that's only if you're going to do it in print. If, if you're, you're doing do a print, yeah, exactly, yeah, and so, that's it. Is uh, if you're trying to do a print book, that was actually right. much harder than uh, than the ISBN numbers. Yeah, so. and most
1: of most of the POD houses, I, I think it's gotten a little bit easier, but that's because of the software now. Mm-hmm. But most of the POD houses can help you through that too. Hey Dragon Page, it's uh, Curtin St. George. I uh, got a question for uh, Michael Stackpole. The iPad has been out a little less than a year, and I was wondering if you could uh, do a follow up. Now that you've had your iPad for some time, what are your impressions? What are the things that you found yourself doing with it that you perhaps didn't think you were going to do when you first got it? Uh, what are your disappointments with it after almost a year? I guess my main question is the iPad, and now the iPad 2. Just a really cool device for consuming media, or does it have a greater utilitarian value than uh, many of us first suspected? Um, iPad, real simply, will do about ninety-five percent of the things that my uh, my laptop computer will do. Uh, so there are a number of trips that I've taken where I've left the laptop at home. Like I just went up to uh, Seattle, or excuse me, to Portland for a convention. Mm. Just took the uh, the iPad with me. Um, what I found, uh, uh, I, have done a little bit of writing on the iPad, but I found editing was really, really easy because I could load the manuscript in and just do my spot edits with the touchscreen and stuff like that. And that was that was really fascinating, and that made it easier to get out of the office, get sort of a different atmosphere for editing, which was hmm. which was fairly important. Um, you know, I don't think I'm doing anything now. You know, the editing, the ease of editing, kind of surprised me, but I think I had anticipated all of that. Um, there's nothing that I hadn't uh, looked at or hadn't thought about. Um, what I like is that the number of apps that people have out there that make it easier to do a lot of the things that I had anticipated. For example, there's a service called MailChimp, which will allow you to build email uh, lists, and they have an app such that even if you don't have a Wi-Fi connection, this app allows you to have a little pretty picture, allows people to type in their email addresses, and when you get back to a place where you got a Wi-Fi connection, you dump all that information out, they get confirmation emails sent to them, so that they join your email list, and you can send things out. So people, you know, it's all the services that you anticipate, and like I say, 95% of the things you can do with your uh, desktop computer your laptop computer uh you can do on this and that five
0: percent especially if you're away from the house uh chances are you don't need it so yeah i was gonna get the android pad and uh yeah the ipad 2 out i'm doing the ipad 2 i i, I need that device because I, I i i i see the
6: uses yeah, for yeah. it now it's phenomenal yeah i'll probably wait until the ipad 3 to get my next one but. yeah Hi, Dragon Pagers. This is John Dodds. I'm sending you this message from my home in Bulgaria. Incidentally, I only just discovered that by listening to the Dragon Page that Conan the Barbarian was filmed here, I must have missed the sound of clashing swords and uh, patrols having their heads (laughs) chopped off. Anyhow, I wanted to ask you a question about um, e-publication and book publication in general. The podcast of my novel Bone Machines, charted recently at number three just below... Scott Sigler's two latest books so of course I was thrilled with that and a few people have approached me about reviewing the book putting out an ebook that kind of thing um and I wondered about what happens in terms of tracking sales for example if someone says well we want to put out your book and um, you'll get 70% of the price or the ebook price or whatever but if I go ahead to do that what do I need to think about in terms of contracts I know you said something in a previous episode about how difficult it is to track sales, particularly with um, e-books. I'm not overly concerned about um, these things, but it would just be useful to know what your thoughts about that are. Um, Incidentally, I've also got a story out on the Starship Sofa podcast called Dr North's Wound, and I hope some of your listeners will check that out. Fights nice. and
1: keep up the good work. Very, very nice. Cool. Um, Realistically, the, the easiest thing to do is if you go to my website, stormwolf.com, and you search on uh, nine clauses you must have in an ebook contract, uh, that will give you a listing of all the things that I think you need to look at. Uh, it, just to reiterate things we had talked about before. Ebook sales are inauditable. There is no way that you can audit them. This is why I think it is critical for every author to it, to sell their own books over Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. over the Kindle, from their own website, because then you get the sales directly from those places, and you measure the numbers that you get from all three of those sources, and you see how they mesh. And that tells you whether or not you're being jobbed on on mm-hmm. on your sales. you know right now, there are no auditing facilities, there's no regulation of any of this stuff. We have no way of knowing, so you gotta pretty much go by your gut mm-hmm. but uh that said, I think it's it's a wonderful way to go um and it's so easy to do. just do it yourself. Don't worry about anybody else doing it. If you're sharp enough to be able to put together a podcast, there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that needs to be done to do ebooks that you cannot do. So, yeah, don't even go. worry about anybody else doing this for you. Hey,
2: guys, it's Gary from Jacksonville, and I'm actually calling to congratulate both mics on your ninth anniversary of doing cover to cover oh thank you uh, it's pretty much the longest running podcast type show that i'm aware of predating podcasting i believe
5: <laughs> Dude, and, predated uh, guys, by quite a bit have really done
2: a great job i can't say that i listen to every episode but the ones i do i find fascinating uh, keep up the good work guys pat yourself on the back for a minute and, and then start reviewing again
5: <laughs>
0: okay. I, yeah it's... Enough,
2: congratulations
5: it's
0: it's really quite crazy. It has been it's over nine years now, um, but uh, the show started as a web radio station uh, on a web radio. And then it went into syndication on AM-FM stations. Then we went into podcasting. Then we went uh, from podcasting to XM radio. Then we stopped doing XM radio and went back to podcasting. And now we're back to AM-FM radio again. We actually have a new – we have new syndication um, partners that are starting to broadcast us on FM stations around the country. So it's – it's bizarre. It's so circular. I I I I ran all this way just to meet myself again. Well, there you go.
2: Hey, Dragon Page, from Edwards. I've got a call out to all the Dragon Page listeners and you guys as and you guys as well. Our local library is basically down to like three days a week that they're open, mm-hmm. and it, I, it's kind of sad for me to see because I used to love on my days off to take and you know especially before the kids started school or when the kids had days off to take them to the library, let them pick out books, that kind of thing. But, you know, the days they are open aren't days that we can normally do that. And the local library went by, and they're looking for ideas for basically how to keep the library open. What can they do to get people to come back in and start generating revenue at the library? And one of the suggestions they had was basically to start charging for the books, check them out. But they're looking into the legality of that, um, whether or not they can even do that, but they're not even talking charging a lot for the books. They're talking about charging a quarter to check
0: out a book. Yeah, but that's still going to be too much. Uh, I just I don't know. Boy, I tell you what, libraries are having a really tough time right now. Yeah, they really are. I mean, all all municipal things that that are not seen as essential services are
1: are having difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the better better bet would just be to go to your city council. And have a bunch of supporters for the library go to the city council and basically say, "Look, guys, you know it's your job to find the money for this because we don't want a bunch of illiterate kids running around." Absolutely,
0: this is this is one of those essential things that needs to be funded. Yep. Sorry, I mean you, you, we we just gotta figure out a way to pay for it. Yep.
7: Hey, Dragon Page Crew, it's the Bionic Geek. Long time, but haven't called in a while. Um, mainly because I've been in grad school. My question actually pertains to this and the, iReader, the e-reader comments. That I would love to actually have the ability to do most of my reading from an e-book, an e-reader, because half of the things that I have to read in grad school are PDFs, mm-hmm. and yet. I keep planning them out. And the reason why is I need I to highlight. because how I go back and I actually can write papers based on these, uh, these pieces. Yeah. So I don't see why. It would not be all that technically difficult if I actually had the encoding ability to actually make it so that there is a template that goes over where it stores your highlighting for that thing is a patch to that particular file without ever messing with whatever DRM is on there.
0: And I think there are apps for that. There are, there are there. apps that will allow you to do that. Yeah, yeah, there are apps, and you're right. You're you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. It's an overlay program that allows the 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 text and the copy to sit there, and then this overlay pro- program just basically builds high, uh, builds uh, um, in alpha channel, <laughs> right? It is it, in uh, highlights over the top of the copy, sure, and they're sure. they're by, they're bound to the pages of that book. As soon as you as soon it, it, it's easy to get rid of them. You can do different layers and do different templates for different users. It's it's quite cool. I know they're yeah. out there. I don't have any names offhand, but.
2: Yeah, yeah, there go are apps out
0: there that will allow you to do that. Yep. Yeah.
2: Hey, Dragon Page Crew, Sean from Edwards. So last year I did something you know, dumb. I pushed out my book before it was ready, and, well, let's just say it wasn't ready, and everybody <laughs> who read it basically said that. So I pulled it back, and I've since been rewriting it, and from all. Well, from everybody who's read what's been written so far, they all agree it's a much better book. My big question now is, when I put it back out, how should I do it? Should I, and to an extent I'm wondering, should I use a pen name? No. Should I change the title? No, no, should no. Should I just put an apology in the description saying, look, I'm sorry, if you bought the book last year, yeah, it sucked. You uh, know me, I'll give you a coupon code to get it for a discount or for free.
0: No. That's not
2: a horrible I, I, I,
1: idea. Look, look but. If, if, if I were you, what I would do is I would just say, um, you bought it last year.
0: Uh, I'll swap it out for you. This, yeah. is,
1: this is V2.0. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll swap it out.
0: Yeah, and um, and don't change the name. Don't do, no, don't no. do anything crazy like that. Just nope. just put it out there. There's there's actually two versions of uh, Zach in the Valley of the Dragons out too. I mean, it, it, I started out. Um, I, I did Ex Libris, I think, the first right, time, right. and it was like, oh my god, that was the worst thing ever. Piers Anthony steered me wrong, right. <laughs> and but, uh, and then I actually went to a small press. So I mean, it it you can you can have both ish it, editions yeah. out there. It doesn't hurt a thing.
2: Hey, Mike and Mike, this is Josh from Bangor, Maine. I uh, just finished listening to episode 437A, that listener feedback show from the end of the year. I'm talking about the MFA programs and working writers and stuff like that. I only have one quick comment to share that I think is a bit apropos. That is, those that can do, those that can't, teach. <laughs> Enjoying the show? been listening for a long time. Keep it up.
1: <laughs> Not much okay, more to say we right go. there. Okay, yeah, we'll move right <laughs> along after that.
5: Hey, this is Perker from Maine. It's after Christmas. I'm... I own a Kindle, and I got some Amazon cash. I've been listening to Dragon Page cover to cover for a while, and I realized I haven't read anything that you Mikes have written. So mm. what should I buy to get a taste of your work? What would be a good starting point?
1: Hmm. Oh, for me, you can go buy uh, In Hero Years, I'm Dead, which is my digital original novel. It's available for the Kindle, and uh, so
0: you'll be all set there. I have nothing on the Kindle yet. We're working on that. Yes. Well, as soon as I actually figure out how to live on an hour of sleep at night, then I'll have
8: that done. Okay. (laughs) Hey, this is Rift in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. There's been some device bashing going on at Dragon Page, and I wanted to throw in some thoughts for consideration. Uh, The essence here is that not every device is for everybody, and that choice is good. Obvious, I know. Yeah. specific. We're referring to e-readers with e-ink screens. Uh, Plainly, we'd all like to have one device that we carry that does all things, and while I'm sure that is coming, it ain't here yet. I need my e-reader to have a long battery life, to be able to be read in direct sunlight, and to carry books. I don't need it to surf the net or update my Twitter feed, so a color screen is not for me. Okay. On to netbooks, and Mike M., please stop moaning. Now, I'm sure that I'm part of a small group here, but my laptop is strictly a writing device. Everything else I do, I do on my PC. I have an HP Mini with a flash drive memory, which means it has fantastic battery life. It's light, can take bumps and bangs better than a hard drive, and with the flip of a switch, I'm right back at where I was working without waiting for startups and opening files. I don't even have Explorer loaded on it, so I'm never tempted to lose myself in the interwebs when I should be working. It's Hmm. It's a specific tool for writing, and it does that job really well. And my guess, I don't feel at all silly pecking at the little keys, I have big hands and can type quite comfortably.
1: Okay. That's fine. You know, I think the the key thing that I'd point out, the two things I'd point out is, one, I don't care how long the battery lasts. All I care about is that I've got power until the next time I plug in. Mm-hmm. So whether that's 24 hours, 10 hours, or two hours, you know, the, you know, two hours not acceptable because it may take me more than two hours to get to a plug. But you know, five, ten hours? No, I can recharge by then. Yeah. But but look, I applaud what you're saying, especially in this thing, um, avoiding those temptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to finish the Conan novel, I turtled up. I mean, I didn't go out on the internet. I, I cut everything way way back uh, to avoid those distractions. You and got to, yeah, you got to. it
0: got to be head down and yep. and no focus. That's that's why I haven't had any traction on anything because yeah. I've got so much crazy going on in my life. I, I mean, I can't find an hour to myself anymore. Yep. And, and to, to do what I need to do to make my my work get into e-format, I, 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 need, to, I need to do the same thing. Yep. I need to take a week off and just basically hide, hibernate in the house for a week and, and do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to happen.
2: Hey, Dragon Page, Cover to Cover Crew, it's uh, Sean from Edwards. Well, Apple won a battle. Are actually getting me to buy an Apple product. Ooh! Uh, Going to be buying an iPad here this year, on partially to help out with writing uh, the way that Stackpole is using his, but primarily because they've got a really nice uh, adapted communication piece of adapted communication software as one of their apps mm-hmm. that uh, unfortunately our Google overlords and their minions have yet to uh, introduce. So <laughs> we're using that for our uh, little guy who's unable to communicate otherwise. Sure. So, pretty nice little piece of software, and it's a heck of a lot cheaper than going for the traditional piece of adaptive communication software. We are shown that if we get that in the tablet PC that it requires, which is basically just a beefed-up laptop, uh, we're looking at $5.6 grand, not Jeez. sure how much insurance will cover on that, whereas we, with the uh, the iPad, <clears throat> we're looking at about 200 bucks for the app. Because it is such a you know comprehensive app, sure. and then however much the iPad is, you know, five hundred, eight hundred, there. Mm-hmm. My biggest question is, with the iPad two apparently coming out in April, like Eric keeps whispering, how much do you think the price of iPad ones will go down?
0: Um, well, they went down to a hundred dollars. Yeah, they've gone down a little bit, um, but uh, right now the uh, there there's so vast of an improvement on iPad two that I'm expecting those to be really easy to find. Because yeah. uh, the iPad 2 is just so much better. Yeah, it's, it's twice the speed and everything like that. Yeah.
8: Hey, Mike and Mike, this is Rift in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Just wondering if you've heard about or been following the Dorchester, aka Leisure Books, boycott, um, being re- led really by um, author Brian Keane. Seems that uh, Dorchester's been publishing some e books. Um, for both current and backlist authors, that it did not have rights to do so. And um, there's been a lot of, of back and forth. Uh, it's pretty interesting. If you check out Brian Keene's blog at Brian Keene, Um he's got a whole history of, of blog posts um, kind of recording this ongoing thing. So it's very interesting to see how this turns out as far as, um, authors being able to protect their rights in the uh, modern digital age. Very hmm. right, curious to see how it turns out. Also, be curious to see what you both think. Okay, hmm.
0: thanks. Interesting. I don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah, SIFWA is also
1: SIFWA put Dorchester on its watch list. I think uh, the RWA did. That, that's the Romance Writers of America, and I think there are a couple other groups that that put them on their on their watch lists. That basically, you know, warning people off from doing any business because they've done a rights grab uh, in this way. Mm. Um, there's going to be a lot of that coming down. Um, a lot of publishers are asserting rights that they don't actually own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is one of the things that behind the scenes we see as as, as being sorted out by authors uh, as, we, as we step up to reclaim our rights. Um, you know, if they're going to play that way and lawsuits start being filed, um, you know, they could lose. There's significant damages, so mm-hmm. it could be nasty. But it will be interesting to see. How it hey, unfolds.
5: Dragon Page crew, it is our goal. Uh, not a long time, no call, but it's has certainly been a long time since you've played any of my calls. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, you know, Mike, <laughs> for the first time ever, you've actually intended to get me in trouble. <laughs> um, uh, under certain circumstances, I am allowed to uh, set up a speaker when I'm at work, and I often play these shows of Farpoint Media, and 99 times out of 100, nobody complains. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you see, I happened to get a customer who I guess is from the South, when you were doing your reading of that uh, urban fantasy story, or, uh, I mean, not the story, um, the blurb on the back of that uh, (laughs) anthology of urban fantasy stories set in the Deep South.
4: Okay. And you're doing that accent, and,
5: <laughs> oh, if looks could kill, you would not be hearing this phone call right now. I'm just glad I didn't get written up for that.
1: I'm sorry about that. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we'll put, we'll be not safe for, not safe for rednecks. Uh, there you go. label on things in the future.
5: Yeah.
9: Hello, this is for uh, Dragon Page Cover to Cover. uh. uh Hi, Mike. And Mike, uh, this is uh, Kevin from North Carolina. Just calling, uh, because I realized something when I was uh, looking at the uh, books in the bookstore the other day, mm-hmm. that I was totally uh, passing over all of the books that had a woman in tight leather pants uh, holding a weapon and having a tattoo across her midriff. Uh, I guess it's some kind of subliminal um, reference to urban fantasy, uh, and since I don't like that uh, that genre all that much, I, I'm just skipping totally over it. And it just made me think of, you know, all the tropes in uh, cover art that either I like or dislike, and I didn't know whether... Uh, I assume that that is not the author's pick. Uh, it, it usually has very little to do with the book, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to see if there's... Uh, any advice on what to look for and what not to look for when
0: No, you're actually fairly you're correct there. I mean, there is a there's a lot to be said about the the images that are on the book are picked for that reason. They yeah. are picked because they they speak to the audience that they're trying to reach. Yep. So, if you're passing up on those, you're probably right. Um it's it, if you if you feel bad about it, go back and check, but I think you will find that you're 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 picking properly. Um, don't judge a book by the cover. Yeah, well, you're gonna you're you've already been pre vetted by the marketing division that basically picked that cover artwork. Yeah. So, yeah.
5: Hey guys, this is for Dragon Page. This is Sandra, the truck driver.
0: Hey Sandra, where you You made been? the
5: comment on the show you did on the fifth that uh, when you're reading, you're not watching TV, or when you're watching TV, you're not reading. I kind of beg to differ. <laughs> I read and I watch TV at the same time, or watch movies. Wow. And at any given time, I'm able to tell you what's going on in the book and what's going on at the TV. And it's kind of crowded in my head, but i got a photographic memory. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: Okay, so you're the exception that proves the rule. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow, yeah, exactly. So, um, so it, it, yeah, it must be really crowded in there. The, the, the other consciousness there is dying to split off at That's any right. time. So so let's, yeah. let's hear
1: it for neuroplasticity.
0: There you go.
10: This is a message for Dragon Page. Uh, This is Jason from Denver. I just wanted to thank you guys for the recommendation of Steampunk. I just finished it and enjoyed the stories greatly. I wanted to ask, first of all, if there's going to be any more chance for him stories. And also, uh, for somebody who's just getting into Steampunk like I am, where would you recommend to go from here Mm. after reading those short stories?
1: Wow. Well, uh, one that there is another chance Corrigan story coming. It's in the uh it's in an anthology which comes out in the beginning of June, which I believe is called Hot and Steamy Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so there's new chance story in there. Um the other thing I do, there is uh, there are two uh steampunk anthologies called Steampunk 1 and Steampunk 2. Uh, which are trade paperbacks from a small publisher. You can find them online, and I would recommend those as places where you could start. Um, also, Sherry Priest is an author. Mm-hmm. Jay Lake is an author. Kaia Folio is an author. Uh, all of them are are viable choices for taking a look at, uh, for finding some some really good steampunk stuff. But those anthologies, basically the anthology you've got and then those other steampunk anthologies, would give you a place to start looking at
0: different uh, mm-hmm. different authors. There's a lot out there. Yeah. yeah.
10: Hi, this is a message for Dragon Page. This is Jason from Denver. I just finished listening to your newest show, and I went to look at Mike Resnick's new book on Amazon. went ahead and added it to my wish list, and the screen that comes up afterwards, it shows other books that people who bought this book also bought, included at least two other books from the same show that you guys had in the library segment. So I thought you guys might be interested that there are enough people listening to the library segment and going to Amazon to actually show up in their set of searches that cl- that cl- puts everything together and shows you what other people might like. So, thought it was
0: interesting. Bye. Hey, we're trendy.
1: That's right. We're powerful. Just That's hear cool. us, New York. Tremble. Yes. Um, yes.
4: <laughs> Hi, Dragon Pagers. This is Red Shirt from Iowa. I have to disagree with Mike about the colored ebook readers. I don't like the colored e-book readers. I like my Kindle with the EU ink. And I did buy a
5: Cruise um,
4: Micro tablet from Borders, and I was on the press. The, the screen glares in the sun, and you can't... It, it's, not, it's not fun to read on. The, the Kindle's more like reading a paper book.
0: Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, it, it depends on what you're trying to do with it. Because it's not like we're saying that it's one's bad, the other isn't. It's just that there's you have to figure out what you're going yeah. to do with it. Like my wife wants a Kindle. Lori wants a Kindle because right. she likes the e-ink. Right. Um, she likes the she likes that. And Whereas this, I never go out in the sunlight, so this whole glare problem is. You yeah. know, What are you guys talking about? I don't right. care. He, Mike's a vampire. You know, he, it's it's scary. Yeah. Well, there you go.
4: Hey, Dragon Page, Mike, Mike, and Summer. Uh, This is Jason from Murfreesboro, normally calling on on FabCast. Uh, Calling about show number 436A, I want to say thank you for having Pamela Sargent on. Mm. I remember reading Earthseed uh, in junior high, but for years I've been trying to remember the name of the book, just something about it so I could find it again. So thank you for having her. Didn't even realize she had a trilogy, so... I will be attempting to get
0: those books. Excellent. Well, thank
4: very you cool. again, and keep up the good work. Bye.
0: That's uh, what we do this for. We That's right. We are, we're here to connect readers and authors. God, that sounded awful. It really <laughs> If you say it more sincerely, we can oh, use okay. it as a... More more sincerely. Okay, we'll, we'll work here, on that. We're here to
1: connect readers and authors. That's very nice. Oh, yeah, there, there we, we go.
0: go. Okay.
11: Hey, Mike and Mike. It's Ben in Tampa. I was listening to uh, your uh, most recent show with um, with uh, Sean Cooper,
5: mm-hmm. and
11: you guys have been talking about ways that uh, e-books can promote. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was curious about, and I'd like to know your opinion on, is the uh, possible resurgence of the use of illustrations as a way to help enrich novels and make them more appealing. Um, The resolution on Nooks and Kindles and even uh, an iPod or an iPad is plenty high enough these days to show illustrations in a very, very nice light. And there's sort of a glut of digital illustrators coming into the market nowadays as schools train more and more people to be concept artists for the video game industries or for animation industries, and there's more people than there are jobs for. So it seems like this is maybe a market that hasn't been exploited yet, And I wonder what you guys were thinking of that.
5: Mm. Uh,
11: I look forward to hearing what you have to say, and I'm going to keep listening to the show. Goodbye.
1: I I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Illustrated books uh, providing uh, all sorts of different things. So the electronic format uh, would allow us to do that really, really easily. Mm -hmm. And um, the only thing you have to worry about are little technical issues, um, illustrations that will work
0: well in the Kindle may not work well in the Nook. Um, so, so you'll mean, have multiple versions you have multiple, of it, yeah. but I mean, that's a minor thing. It's yeah, a, it's yeah. just basically another file and yeah, I mean, it, yeah. yeah uh, digital's
1: cheap. I mean,
5: it's yeah, it's,
0: really- it, yeah, it is a minor issue.
9: Hey,
4: Dragon Page Crew. This is Trampus. Uh, just got a question about, um, uh, the process of getting a book on Kindle. Um, you know, you're, you're going to Amazon site, you look, you see a book, you'd really like it on Kindle but the Kindle version is not available. Mm. You click the little button, it says, uh, you know, want this on Kindle, you know, let the publishers know. And I'm just wondering, you know, how does that go from that recommendation to actually getting
5: um uh, mm,
0: we have like, no idea have we have no idea and the reality is this here's this is this is one of the reasons why we keep having this conversation over and over again about the devices and that is we like the things that are on epub because they're more open kindle is a great little thing but right. the problem is it's its own kind of encapsulated environment ipad you can argue is the same thing however there are apps that you can put on the ipad that kind of let you break out well, from not being you, locked into the ipad not even that
1: i mean the, the deal is this if you buy a generic EPUB, it'll work on the ipad it'll work on the nook it'll work on the, mm-hmm. on the sony e-reader everything like that um if you have the kindle app on any of those devices or on any of your computers uh, and smartphones you can read the stuff from amazon amazon is is out there enough that it's ubiquitous enough that while it's not a free or open format it is so readily available that it might as well be Mm -hmm. um so you know that it's not as, as huge a problem in terms of look the big problem you've got is this Uh, for publishers publishers have got any about a 15 year backlog all Mm -hmm. the books they put out the last 15 years they have to bring into digital print all at once Mm -hmm. that is a that is a huge task for them they find it a very daunting task because they're not terribly well organized to do it um but you know that said that's what you're looking at so when a book comes out and and your recommendation goes to the publisher and says yeah i want to see this on 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 the uh, on the kindle um you know that goes right on the stack with everything else and eventually they'll get
0: down to it okay we're way long on this show so one more the shortest email or voicemail left in the pile you win and this is what we're going to end on
2: Hey, Dragon Pager, Sean from oh, Edwards. Sean. I'm trying to pass on a little tidbit I found out the other day. Um, it's not exactly having to deal with books, but it definitely does deal with the uh, whole digital revolution. Electronic Arts reported this year that for 2010, digital sales of their product, games, uh, exceeded retail sales. So. Mm pretty interesting to see and especially because it seems like a lot of things are going that way not just books.
1: Yeah. Well one of the things you have to whenever anybody reports those numbers you have to look at two things you have to compare strict numbers and you have to re, uh, compare uh, dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things the EA did last year uh, right before Christmas time is they ran a massive sale on all of their iPad apps. Mm-hmm. I mean they were blowing them out for like a buck a piece because I know I picked up four or five of them. Um, so in sheer numbers, yeah, they're getting them out there and stuff like that. It may not be a big revenue thing, but it is helping
0: people adapt and come over to the technology. Absolutely. So That's going to do it. Thanks so much for this uh, listening to this uh, voicemail wrap-up. Yeah, there we go. V-mail. There we go. It's a V-mail. I like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know the number's 206-350-READ. That's 206-350-7323. If you'd like to contribute to the next one. Um, I'm sure we will get another folder full that we'll have to bail through here soon. So go to the website, DragonPage.com. Visit us in Second Life, all that fun stuff. And uh, see you again next week, folks. Thanks. (music)
5: Bye-bye.